There's something really curious about this broadcast. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal, 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 nominal. Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra. Well as you know that normally means we're going to be looking up at the skies and we haven't done it for a little while but luckily we do have Ross Hockham from UK Astronomy in the house. How are you doing? Very well yeah I'm definitely in the house, stuck in the house <laughs> which is not good for my astronomy because astronomy is out of the house <laughs> generally but I have got a garden. There has been some good skies lately, though. It's been lovely. It's been lovely and clear as well. People have been actually saying how clear it is because obviously there's no pollution in the air and man-made stuff. So apparently it's been clearer than ever. But I can't go out to a dark sky <laughs> and enjoy it because I'm stuck in my garden, which is light polluted. But I've seen loads and uh, it's been good. I have enjoyed it. So it's different, strange, but I'm making the most of it. I mean, I've had family members getting hold of me saying, oh, we've been looking up and we've been trying to take photographs of the Starlink stuff. People that wouldn't normally do that kind of thing. Oh, definitely. I mean, if you look at our Facebook group, we've literally added like 1,400 people in a week. In a week. Because <laughs> everyone's stuck in. They're kind of thinking, what shall I do? And then they've seen something in the garden sky, which is like I've started doing an eye spy in your garden sky and putting it out into uh, lockdown groups where people are locked down with their families and just doing, you know, bits and bobs, what you can see in your garden once in a while to get them feel like they're not trapped inside. They can actually go outside and look up and feel like they are still out there and forget about what's going on. So that seems to have worked really well. I think we're on to about 17 now, of all bits and bobs you can see. And yeah, people are flooding in. I think that it's, it's all over the astronomy world at the moment. People are buying telescopes and they have to wait three weeks now. And <laughs> so for us, in a way, things have changed, but we've adapted. And, you know, it's, it's kind of even better in a weird way, because more people are out in their gardens. Well, with a bit of luck, people will carry on doing this after we, we come out of lockdown. I just hope that people won't forget the things that they've learned and what have you afterwards. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I, I did a post the other day, so it was on my own Facebook, just saying, what is it you want to go back to? Remember, take this time to reflect on your life because you've got a really good opportunity now to think, is that what I really wanted? Is there something I can change? Is there something I want to do or learn rather than be so wrapped up in life that you don't have the time to, you know, enjoy these things? And it's not just us, is it? It's the whole world. Yeah. So maybe the whole world might change after this. It might be cool. It might not. It'd probably just go back to how it was, to be honest. But <laughs> there's always hope, isn't there? I hope not to a degree because there's so much change for the positive from this that I think people might reassess their lives. Life. I have myself. You know I'm a firefighter, so I still go and have to do my job, which I enjoy, so I'm not complaining about that. And the traffic is amazingly clear. <laughs> so that's that's a blessing. It takes me half the time to get to work, so that's cool. My wife's been furloughed, so she's here with me as well. When I come home, we're actually looking at our lives and going, do you know what, at the weekend all we did was go, I'm bored, are you bored? Yeah, what should we do? Let's go into town, get a coffee, walk around, not buy anything, get another coffee, go home. Now you're like... Why did we do that? Now I'm looking at my life going, I'm stuck in, but we're making sure we've got things to do and fun things and silly things and making date nights and cinema nights where I have a projector on the wall instead of a TV and get popcorn in and do all those silly little things that mean more. 
than just going into town and buying rubbish. So I'm hoping that we can carry that on afterwards because it'll be, yeah, it's a lot more fun. Podcasters pretty much live in isolation anyway. So for that side of things, it hasn't affected me that much. <laughs> yeah, nothing's changed for you <laughs> apart from there's nothing really for you to podcast going on because... All the, all the events are just gone, haven't they? Yeah. There's always something you can talk about. Oh, yeah, there's definitely. I mean, I can, as you know, I can talk little hind legs off a donkey. <laughs> we were quite lucky because it's come to sort of like the end of our season, so it was all more the sort of like free fate events and things like that for the summer. Oh, looking yeah. Looking at the sun and stuff safely and all those bits. As us as a charity, we're not actually really missing out on much, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Getting out there to the people, yeah, but like, you know, keeping afloat and staying there money-wise and all that worry... We're not really missing out on anything, you know, until like October time, maybe November. And even then, if it does, we've we've got some money put aside for these sort of rainy days. The only thing that has been put back is what happens? We just go and buy a van for a mobile observatory. <laughs> we've been saving up for how long? And then this hits where it's now stuck in Surrey and the poor guys can't really work on it. We don't need it. We're carrying on. That's it. The fact is, even if they were to work on it and get it finished, you can't take it anywhere. Yeah, exactly. This is just going to sit on my drive. So (laughs) it might as well sit there. It's safe. They've got it. I'm happy. And as I said, the dynamics have changed now where we're actually more online saying, go in your gardens, go out, see this, go out, see that. And a lot more interaction from people that way than we've ever had. That is the amazing thing. I think the the um, technological creativity by people, I mean, making online festivals and all that kind of stuff. I love stuff like that. The, on, online beer festivals, they're the funny ones. <laughs> you, you basically, you go and buy a load of booze and then you yep. go online and you talk to people about what booze you've bought. Excellent. And, um, you know, you're re- reviewing beers and stuff live with other people. It's probably going to be, after this, a mass now online thing. There's going to be all these new things that have just popped up because this has happened. Some of them are really good, and I think afterwards they should carry on doing them because so much thought has gone into them that, that yeah, it should all be carried on. Now, I know it's bad times and it's horrible times, and, you know, people are being affected everywhere. But I always say, you know... Out of of badness or darkness, try and find some light and some goodness. And that's what we want to try and do here with the podcast. We'll get get them out when we can. And, you know, we we just want to give you something to listen to that takes your mind off things. Of course, we are going to mention it. There's no way of not mentioning what's going on because we're all in it together. It's something that hasn't happened in our lifetime. So it's something that will define us. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back... Well, Ross is going to go through May with us. We are, by nature, explorers. The same curiosity that sends us to the stars at the speed of thought urges us to go there in reality. Whenever we make a great new leap, we elevate humanity, bring people and nations together, usher new discoveries, and new technologies. So remember to look up at the stars and not down at your feet. Curious. 
on canvas with paint in the artist's school. It is red that is hot and blue that is cool. But in science we show, as the heat gets higher, a star will glow red like the coals of a fire. Raise the heat some more, and what is in sight? Behold, the star glows bright white. But the hottest of all, I say unto you, is neither red nor white when a star has turned blue. This is TGP Nominal. Welcome back to TGP Nominal Extra. Now, Ross, I know we've had some weird and wonderful things towards the end of April because we, we've had uh, comets and all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, we've had comets, we've had meteors, uh, the Starlink satellites is a big thing. Uh, we don't really talk about that too much because we're more about the actual space and planets and stars and stuff. But they're up there, they're cool, they're very controversial. And it's one of the big things that has actually got people joining the Facebook group more because they've, they've gone out and they've had the time to look up and they've actually noticed all these satellites flying around and that. And then they've joined us to ask us and then they've learnt more and they've gone out and bought a telescope. So if that helps people... It helps them. So yeah, right, May. Hopefully it'll be like April. April was quite a nice month. It was quite clear. There was lots of sunshine. It was a really nice month. We've got a bit of rain now, but it may pass. May pass, get it? That's bad. <laughs> On the 5th, at around 4.20am, I'm afraid, the International Space Station is going to literally go right up over the top and across us. Probably about five or six minutes, I'd say. So if it's clear, wake up, have a look out. If it's not clear, go back to bed. <laughs> if it is clear... Go and have a look. Get the kids out if you can. You know, it'd be exciting for them. Maybe you're camping in the garden. Lots of people are camping out in the gardens at the moment. And just, yeah, wake up and have a look at that and see it fly over. It's pretty wicked. The planets will be up as well, so you can show them the planets. Uh, the next day on the 6th, you've then got Venus. Venus has been shining beautifully. She's now starting to return to the uh, sun in the sky, so she's moving back towards our horizon and towards the sun. You may notice now that its crescent has actually thinned if you've got a telescope, having a look through it. It's now only about 20% illuminated by the sun, well, in relation to us and how we're looking. It will appear slightly larger because it's actually heading closer to us as we watch it in orbit around the sun. So its phase is going to change quite rapidly over the next few days, and it's going to get slightly bigger. It looks wise, anyway, it looks slightly bigger for a telescope. So you can actually see it as it's kind of coming towards us in orbit before it goes past and then round again. So it's a really cool small crescent for a telescope that you can see. It's still a bright object in the sky, so you still can see it with just your eyes. So go out and have a look at Venus if you haven't found her already. You can't miss her. Just as the sun sets, don't look at the sun. It's really bad for your eyes. Don't do it. Covering myself. Uh, on the 7th, we have a meteor shower that peaks. The last one was the Lyrids, which I don't think many people saw, but to be honest, you won't, there's only about 10 an hour. But there was some really cool captures. One guy, he was in, uh, I think it was Slovakia, we put him in our Facebook group. He was recording the Milky Way and everything, and he got this really amazing meteor fly through and actually left like a dust trail. And you could see the dust sort of trailing off it burnt and then like disappearing into the atmosphere. It's really cool. Give you a link to that, Mark, so you can always pop it on for people to have a look at. So yeah, this one, seventh, we've got the uh, Eta Aquarid or Aquarid, so it's Aquarius. It peaks tonight, although it does have more meteors an hour than the previous one, the Lyrids. It has got a low radiant again. It's best in the morning, unfortunately, and the moon will also be up, so it might wash a few out, but it's still worth a look. As I said, even the Lyrids, which is less, some people saw some really cool big burn-ups. It's got about 28 per hour, so it's about double the amount, radiating from just above Aquarius, which is a constellation just sort of to the east. So it's well worth popping up and having a little look there. You will see the planets as well coming up maybe if you're there. 
Right, if we move forward to the 12th, in the morning, the moon's up with the planets Jupiter and Saturn and Mars. They're not gonna be far from each other, so it's like a really cool bunching of planets and the moon. Really worth a peak, and then you have Venus in the evening. It's now only 15% lit, so you can see it's gone from 20 to 15 over the course of just a few days, so it's moving quite rapidly. It's gonna increase in size again in our skies for a telescope, so you can actually see it slowly. It probably won't be much, but it'd be increasing slightly as it comes towards us. The next day, the 13th, have a look at where the moon is in the morning sky again, because you'll see it has moved to the opposite side of Jupiter and Saturn now, heading towards Mars. Also, the International Space Station will have another flyover around about 4.30 a.m. It's gonna rise a few minutes before that, so always make sure you get out five or 10 minutes before, have a cup of tea, and look up at the sky and watch it fly over. It should kind of go, I think it's kind of like west to east around that, or it goes over the south where all the planets are. The 17th, back to Venus again. It's now only 10% lit, so it's gonna look like a really slender crescent now, and it's probably nearing sort of your last chance to see her before she moves out in the way and the shadows in the way, and also the sun and then it will slowly move back into our morning skies. So next month after this, it'll be cool because you should have Jupiter, Saturn, Mars, and Venus all up in the morning skies. But at the moment, she's in the evening. Have a little look at her if you can. Even with uh, binoculars, you might be able to see the crescent now because it won't be as bright, quite cool. Onto the 20th, around about 1.30 a.m. So remember, that's the 20th morning. So the 19th night which I always get mixed up with because people go out on the 21st and it's not happening. So the 20th morning, 1.30, just as Jupiter starts to rise till about 5.30 a.m., one of its main moons, Callisto, its shadow is actually gonna go across the planet. So you're gonna see the black round patch of the shadow going across Jupiter the planet as its moon orbits round. That will be with a telescope. You may with a decent pair of binoculars and a really steady hand, but probably more telescopes. So pop out there 1.30 and you'll actually see the shadow of a moon crossing the planet. If you missed that, don't fret, because on the 21st, the next day, it's Ganymede's turn. So another moon of Jupiter, Shadow, is gonna transit the planet. That's around 3.40. So you've really only got a short window of opportunity to see it before the sun rises, about an hour and a half, I'd say, if that. Again, be careful, because the sun's rising. But yeah, go out and have a peek at that. It's quite cool to see. People have got pictures as well of it. See what you can do. Third, if you have a low western horizon, so if you have an app like Stellarium or something like that, you can move it around the sky to find out where your, your western is, but the western horizon is where the sun sets, so it's that kind of area. Keep an eye just as the sun sets and don't look at it. You may be able to make out Venus is there still, and just to its left is the elusive planet Mercury. It's going to be a bit of a challenge because they are going to be low, but it should be possible to see them both in the evening sky. So if you have got a nice clear horizon there, pop out and have a look as the sun sets. On the 24th, if you did manage to find Venus, even if you didn't Mercury, it doesn't matter. If you managed to find Venus or both of them, this evening there's gonna be a very thin 4% lit moon, so like a really tiny crescent. Another challenge for you, see if you can see Mercury, Venus, and the really thin moon. You might be able to get a good picture of it if you've got a, you know, a decent sky. Why not have a go, you never know. 
The 26th, right. Now this is going to be controversial because it's the season for cloud spotting. What? Yep, I said it. Cloud spotting. <laughs> but not just any clouds. These are noctilucent clouds, which are dust crystals that they reckon are from sort of like all the burnt up meteors that kind of hang in the atmosphere. And just before the sun rises or just after it sets, it kind of lights them up from beneath, giving it sort of a wispy blue white cloud that's not that common. It does happen every year and there's a little period for it. I think there's a couple of months maybe either side. Yeah, so while you're up in the morning looking at the planets, why not have a look and see if you can see these wispy blue white clouds as well. There are pictures on the internet and I'm sure there's a few that will be put in the group. I've seen them once and that was when I was driving home from astronomy and I looked out my window and I was like, that looks like noctilucent clouds. I had to pull over into a uh, farmer's driveway, quickly got out, took a couple of pictures of my phone and when I got back here to put them on Facebook, people had already beat me to it with better pictures. But... They're cool to see. I said, so while you're out there, wait probably about 45 minutes to an hour. So that's probably about the window of opportunity of when the sun sets to when they turn up or in that sort of period. You never know. Now, take a breath. The 27th. The moon now sits close to a, uh, a big colourful cluster. It's called the Beehive Cluster or I'm going to say Presepi because I like that. It sounds a little bit Italian, Presepi. It's probably not said like that. It's also known as a, a nice binocular open cluster. And it's right in the middle of Cancer the Crab. It's like an X and it's right in the middle there. It has an absolutely wonderful array of coloured stars. There's young blues, whites, chilled out older yellow ones. And then there's deep sort of red orange ones there as well. Which pretty much denotes like a star's age and how much they are through their cycle. So yeah, go and have a look. There's loads of different colours there. It's really cool to see. So that's the Beehive Cluster. On the 29th, a few things for you to spot on the moon tonight. You might be able to see it with binoculars, so pop out and have a look. You've got the now famous Lunar X and V, which no one really knew about, but in the last few years, everybody goes out to have a look now and gets pictures. You can just use your phone for a telescope and get pictures of it. I've managed it, so if I can, you can. It's made as the sunlight sort of glimpses off the edge of craters, and it makes it look like it's an X and a V, where sort of like the shadow area is, which is the Terminator. I'll be back. There's also a crater called, now I did look this one up. So according to the dictionary, Albertugnius, but it's spelled like Albertegnius. So Albertegnius, I'm happy with that, Albertegnius. It's A-L-B-A-T-E-G-N-I-U-S, in case you need to look it up. It's a crater anyway. You can find it on the internet, I have as well. Mark's got all the details of all this stuff anyway. It'll be on his notes. If you look there, it's a cool crater because it actually looks like it's a face smiling back at you. The way the sunlight hits it tonight, it almost looks like the moon is smiling back at you saying, hey, don't worry about this lockdown. Come out and have a look at me, I'm cool. And now last but not least, on the 30th, we go back to the moon and have a little peek at the crater known as uh, Plato. And it's an effect known as Plato's hook. I think it happens twice in the moon cycle with the waxing and the waning, but tonight's a good night to see it. It's where the crater's sort of like lit by the sunlight, but only on one side. So the other side is casting a shadow into the crater and it looks like a kind of hook, they reckon. I think it looks almost like a praying mantis's arm. It's just another cool thing you can see and take a picture of, to be fair. So yeah, there's loads of little bits and bobs and hopefully most of it, if not all of it, you'll be able to see from your back gardens if you're not allowed out yet. Go out into your back gardens, have a look up and enjoy the skies. Awesome. Now, I was going to ask you what's next for you, but not a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> More of the same with this I Spy stuff, I guess. Yeah, I spy in your garden sky, posting them into lockdown groups and annoying my wife because she's in charge of adding everyone to the Facebook group. So, uh... Make sure you answer all the questions if you're joining because then she can add you easily. <laughs> 
because of my shifts I do nights and that so sometimes I stay up to 1 or 2am because I can't sleep and she uh, woke up looked at her phone and saw that there was something like 344 people waiting to join (laughs) so she came in and just went what have you done and I went I just posted in a group just saying look at this she was like I hate you Because we're not about the numbers. We're not. We're really not. You know, it's nice to have that amount of people, but it's more the quality. Even if they just join, they see a few cool things, then they're not interested anymore. That makes my day. If they do join and they buy a telescope and they get help there and people help them buy the telescope and help them see things and then they throw a telescope away, I don't mind. They've It's inspired them to do something. If they stay and then they end up being, you know, an astronaut or <laughs> even going into science or even just going out and looking more and seeing stuff or taking pictures... That's what it's about. So it's not about the numbers. It's about actually looking and seeing these people who may not have done this, find this hobby, which is really cool, and going to see planets and stuff. So I'm happy. It's really good that it's actually turned out like that, to be honest with you. And um, as I said before, I just hope it carries on. Because I know a lot of people out there are struggling. I know a lot of companies are and charities are as well. You just have to evolve, don't you? You just have to evolve with the world and what's happening with it and think outside the box a bit and go, right, not allowed out. What can we do? How can we change to entertain people in a way, isn't it now? It's more about people need things to do. They need entertainment. Yeah. Let's find something for them to do and then they might remember us once it's all over and go, oh, do you remember those guys? They were quite cool, weren't they? And then later on when it all goes back to normal, they might help you out. They might come to an event. They might donate some money to you. You never know. So just the way of the world at the minute. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Ross, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show again. Yes, thank you very much for having me. Sorry, obviously, this one doesn't seem as long as the last ones we've done, but. I can't talk about (laughs) any events or anything coming up or anything else we can see or anything like that. But, you know, you're here, I'm here. So if anyone needs us. That's it. So there is an episode out there which has not long been released. It's TGP Nominal's first and probably only convention of the year due to the circumstances. But it's... John Berger's annual pilgrimage to PAX East, which is the biggest, not just video games, gaming convention on the East Coast of America. And it was held in Boston, Massachusetts. John has a whale of a time going there, interviewing people, talking to developers and all kinds of folks while he's out there. Yeah, it's well worth a listen. So is it is it board games and stuff like that as well? Yeah. Ah. Oh. I think I'm going to have to have a listen to it then, because as you know, I'm a bit of a geek at heart. I do have a a cabinet next to me full of models that I play with. (laughs) John's not a a big board gaming fan, so I did mention a couple of things whilst we were there, but he's more into his video games. And he likes going to the independent developers, not like your big boys, like your, your Sony and your whatever. He likes to go to the smaller ones because they're more likely to talk to you and um, he gets some really good feedback from these guys and we have done for the last three years so um, that's fantastic 
I'd imagine you'll get more insight as well as to how the games are made, what they've done, whereas the big developers just kind of, they have their almost like token speech, don't they? Well, yeah, because it's, it's not the person who actually made it that comes to it from whatever convention. Yeah. Because they have like specialist people yeah. that deal with conventions, so they've just got the spiel, basically. Cool, so you can have a bit of a more in-depth conversation about the, the insides of gaming. All Next kinds step. of other things as well that's uh, involved. Cool, look forward to it. So once again, thanks for listening, everybody. As I've said on previous podcasts, just stay safe. That's all we ask is just stay safe. And we'll speak to you again real soon. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event. 